This is Johnny Dim, and welcome to another episode of How to Comic. Like I said, I'm Johnny Dim, your comics Bucky, and I am joined by Justin Corbett, the comics Captain America. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! Go America! So, Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Johnny? I'm not too bad. I'm always having a good time when we're doing the podcast. Definitely. Yeah. So today, we are going to be talking about buying your first comic as well as how to protect your comics. And we're going to talk about a little-known guy named Stan Lee. Some people know about him. Yeah, I've heard of him before. Yeah. He's got a, <laughs> cool, he's got a cool name. Yeah. It's only, it's only a few letters. Well, I think it's just a, a self-prescribed moniker. I don't think that's his actual name. <laughs> what is his real name, then? I believe it's Stan Lieber. Nah, that's not as cool. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're just going to jump into this. So we're going to talk about buying your first comic. Sure. And as, as we have always said on this, I say always like we've been doing it forever. Um, this podcast, this is a this is a podcast for people who have been um, into comics for a long time or just coming to it very recently. Um, it's all about loving comics and and doing stuff with comics, uh, family friendly stuff with comics, doing fam- family friendly stuff with comics. You don't want to see the other stuff you can do. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that, that's that's definitely a topic for another show. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) but anyway since we're on the topic of buying your first comic do you even remember what the first comic you bought was um i remember my first trip to a comic shop Mm -hmm. and i know that i bought some wolverine books and i believe an x-force title i don't remember the exact numbers i I, my first comics that i received i received as a gift um and it was like one of those four pack of, of junk comics you get at KB toys. Yeah. Uh, which I know there was an X-Force number two in there. I know there was a Magnus robot fighter in there. Um, something called D and agents. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a weird mixture of independent comics at that time and, uh, Marvel books. So my, my collection started with like a bunch of just random, random stuff kind of shoved together. But I, I do remember the first time I went to a real comic shop and I was just so overwhelmed and so blown away at how cool it was. <laughs> Did you, uh, with that first batch that you got, were you just, were you hooked at that point or, or had it not really sunk in yet? Uh, I was hooked onto Deadpool immediately. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> like I fell in love with Deadpool the very first time I read a Deadpool comic. Um, the other stuff I, I tried to read, I knew, I knew it wasn't good, but I felt like there was more to it than what I was getting. Yeah. Which is sometimes the case with sequential independent stories. Like if you're reading issue number three of a random series, it's not going to make a lot of sense. But I would read those books just over and over and over again, hoping to gl- gain some kind of insight into why it existed or what people liked about it. And I never really found it on some of those. <laughs> yeah. No, I can I can relate. I had a bunch of comics, not a bunch, but I had a handful that when I was a kid that I didn't understand. Like it's just like you said, issue number four of something of a, of a something you've never heard of before. It's not. 
you're not gonna get a lot out of it. Right. Um, I remember. I think my first comic was actually a Mortal Kombat comic. Okay. Yeah, I remember, and I remember I I, I roughed it up quite a bit. I, I ripped the the not on purpose, but the the cover fell off of it. Well, there was I had some X Factor comics that I read so much that they fell apart. I so. think I had. I think one of the ones I had early on was an X Factor. Yeah. Was that the one that with a group of uh, I guess it's X Men or whatever that had like that was that was that big buff dude with the little small circle glasses? Yeah, strong guy. Yeah. 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 I had one of those, and it made no sense. Um, <laughs> it was one of those instances of just the one issue, and then I remember I got a stack of uh, Hulk comics too, which were actually pretty cool. Um, and actually, the most memorable thing out of that stack of Hulk comics, I remember it was like four or five comics. Um. I think he's. I think the swamp thing was was in that one. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Either way, the most memorable thing out of that comic I remember was there was a uh, this this girl. I'm pretty sure she was a she was a young lady or whatever in college, running through the swamp or whatever, and her clothes are getting ripped by the, all the branches, and you can like, almost get a nipple in there. <laughs> uh, that I mean, that as a young you know one young kid, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that part. Yeah, that's that's what Wizard Magazine was for me. Right. <laughs> exactly. So. um Anyway, so about buying your first comic, someone who's just getting into comics, and this kind of goes hand in hand with kind of a, a a topic we talked about last episode as far as like genre preferences and stuff. Someone who kind of wants to get into comics, maybe has read one or two. Um, what what would you advise someone who's 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 looking to get into comics, and and what direction would you kind of push them when when trying to pick out their first, you know. Uh, trade or or trying to get into a story or whatever. Well, new comic readers today have it better than any new comic readers in history have ever had it. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel and DC are committed to making lots of jumping on points for new readers. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why a lot of books are like point ones. You'll have like a five point one as a, a new start of a new arc, mm-hmm. or uh, they they reboot all the time. So there's a lot of just number ones because people in general don't want to jump in at number four or number twenty seven. They want to read from number one so they have the entire story. Which, like we were just talking about, makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, there's also the trades nowadays. So you can always, you know, just pick a character you like. You watch the movies. You watch the TV series. You're like, oh, I really like Green Arrow. I want to read some Green Arrow stuff. So you go to the comic book shop. You find the trades, which are like a collection of the first five issues. The first trade would be five issues of the most recent Green Arrow series. And then you buy that. And voila, you're at the beginning of the story. And then mm-hmm. when you finish that, you can go back and get number two. Um, it's a real easy way for people to get in and read without having to worry about making a weekly trip to the shop, without having to worry about uh, whether they're going to like it or not. Plus, $4 an issue is kind of expensive for some people, whereas mm-hmm. you can pay $9 for a trade, which contains five issues combined. Right. So, uh, really, trades are the best way for people to break in to figure out what they like, and then they can decide if they want to give more uh, independent p- kind of books or whether they want to pick up a, a, a Marvel or DC hero they may not be super familiar with to learn more about it if they like the art or whatever. Um, honestly, the best thing you can do is listen to podcasts, find out what people are recommending, talk to the people that work at the shops and see what they recommend. Um, or just, you know, like I said, pick a character you're a big fan of because of the movies or TV, and then go out there and ask somebody at the shop what they would recommend, what's the best storyline with that character, and then see if it gels with you. And I, I would like to say on that point, um, comic book, uh, People who work at comic book stores and stuff like that, comic book shops, kind of have a reputation for being kind of rude. Um, but that is that is not true most of the time. 
Um, I know se- several of the shops here in, in where we live in Houston, and they're very helpful. You know, you go in there, and you, if you're a wide-eyed person who's wants to get into comics, they will they will steer you in the right direction. It depends. I, I think there's a tendency of store employees at a lot of shops to just ignore you unless right. you approach them. But all I can say is be bold. Mm-hmm. Walk up to them and tell them, hey, I'm new to comics. I'm really interested in, in this character, and I want to find out more. Mm-hmm. And they will help you. You're absolutely right. They're good people usually, but they're very standoffish. Initially. Yeah. Because they're nerds too. They're right. not usually socialized, well-socialized people that are going to go out there and, and talk up the customer. Uh, the customer has to go and talk to them first. So yeah, if you want help, go and ask for it. Yeah. And that, and that, and that is true. I mean, like these, these, there are, they are a wealth of knowledge and um, you do, you probably do have to approach them first. That's absolutely true. Um, but like I said, if you do approach them, they usually do want to help, especially if you're asking for it. If you're just kind of like thumbing through stuff and kind of willy nilly walking around, they, they probably won't even talk to you. Um, but like I said, my experience has always been uh, – not always, but often been good uh, in our local shops here. Um, oh, another another um, another suggestion. I can also uh, attest to the trades being a great idea to going into first. Um, actually, I just pre- picked up uh, one exactly the way Justin just said. I know that Preacher is going to be made into a, a show and it's going to be coming out pretty soon. So I went up and I picked up the uh, the first big chunk of Preacher. I think it's in two parts, but it, they're both trades. Um, and I'm I haven't started it yet, but I'm really excited about it. That's a great series. I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. But I was also going to say for people who do want to buy, maybe they're maybe they're collectors as well as uh, readers. Um, a lot of shops will actually do what they uh, these they'll do these boxes. I actually recently just found out about this. Like you can actually have them hold on to issues for you for a certain um, comic uh, in a series or whatever. If they want to pick, if you want to pick up all the latest, uh, for example, uh, my buddy Zach is doing all the the new Squirrel Girl Squirrel Girl comics, and so he's actually he has a shop that's actually holding on to them all the different issues as they come out. And yeah, then you can just most shops will do a subscription box for anybody that asks for one. And yeah, usually that comes with a small discount too because they know you're going to be a loyal customer that comes back and purchases from them. So um, if you're if you're interested in picking up individual books. That's absolutely the way to go. And that way, if you want to reserve anything, you can always just call them up and say, hey, please put this in my box. And they will add it to your list. And uh, when you go in the next time, it should be there waiting for you. Um, And uh, on that note, Justin, how do you protect your comics? Well, I think the best way to protect your comics, I mean, everybody's gone into shops and seen books that are in bags and boards. I think that's absolutely something you have to do if you want to protect them in the long run. Um, they sell them in, in packages of bags. I think you get a hundred for uh, seven dollars, and I think the boards are ten dollars. So it's about seventeen bucks for a hundred, which mm-hmm. for most people that's more than enough. That'll last you for a while. For me, that's about half a half a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but you you bag everything, you board it up, and then as far as storing in boxes, um, it really comes down to a preference thing. They make short boxes which hold about. 200 or so issues. They make long boxes that hold somewhere between 300 and 400. Um, they have custom boxes that have like a drawer that pulls out. Um, they even have, uh, there's a company in Houston called uh, boxes in action that make these really heavy duty polypropylene boxes that you can even like stand and jump up and down on and it won't cause any damage to the box and they're water resistant and just amazing. And that's what I use. My entire collection is, is, uh, in those boxes. So yeah, I recommend them a lot. If you want to check them out, give them a little free plug. <laughs> yeah. And it's not the first time on this show either, which I don't mind at all. Cause I actually own one of their boxes too. I, my, my collection is not nearly as big, but I do need to buy another one of their boxes. Cause my, I just filled my, my, my first one up. So, 
Um, so yeah, that's great advice as far as storing comics. That's something you want to do because people always talk about, you know, especially if you got older comics or something that's signed. Yeah, um, keep them in a cool, dry place. Don't yeah. put them in your attic. Don't put them in your back of your car. Uh, the heat will cause more damage than just about anything. So if you want to protect them and keep them safe for the long run, uh, just an interior closet of your house is the perfect place for them. And, uh, you know, make sure your house doesn't flood. If it does kind of keep them elevated <laughs> just well, in case. But, but Justin, what if you're a smoker? Should you smoke inside or outside? Uh, in general, you shouldn't smoke in the same room as your comics because mm-hmm. uh, it can cause the papers to yellow. Um, if you have them in the bags and boards, it will reduce that somewhat. If you have them inside of a box, it'll reduce it even more. Um, but in general, don't smoke around your books. It'll cause more damage than it's worth. Yep. And that's great advice. I wanted to make sure people knew that. <laughs> I've seen a lot of bad yellowing of the pages from smokers and stuff like that. Um, now, we also said at the beginning of the show we're going to talk a little about Stan Lee. Stan, I wanted to bring this up because this is one of those things that a lot of people know of Stan Lee. And, of course, a lot of people, especially if you're hardcore into comics or even passively into comics, you know who Stan Lee is. Um, I kind of wanted to – go into exactly why he's important. And if someone, you know, some people listen to this podcast may not know exactly why he's important. They just know he's a comic guy. Um, so Justin, why is Stanley important? Uh, Stanley is important because of what he does for comics today. Um, he is probably one of the most well-known figureheads of the comic industry and he does a lot to promote comics and, and reading and he encourages kids to read and things like that. So, I think that's probably his biggest impact today, but in general, he's most well known for creating a lot of the heroes that we see on TV and movies and, uh, you know, some of the biggest, most iconic heroes in Marvel in particular, um, like Spider-Man, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men. Uh, he's responsible for all those. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty big accomplishment, uh, for, mm. for one guy to be responsible for creating all of those characters. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really what I wanted to drive home when we're talking about him right now because he's created more people, more characters than than you realize. Um, and I'm I'm just looking at. There's actually I'm going to put a a link to this this uh, page where it lists everything that he has created or had a hand in creating, and it's I think 200 long. Like it's ridiculous. Um, and of course, there's a lot of well known uh, Marvel characters that he's created, but there's a lot that. Nobody really real, you know, we don't know about much. We don't read about much. They're not making comics about a lot of these guys anymore. And he's still, um, cre- he's still creating characters and creating comic books. And he's 93 years old. <laughs> he's yes. Still working yeah. On it. Well, there was one he, he was putting out. There was like a, it was like a, almost like a young rock star group. Was, I think it was for younger kids, but he was making this comic. I don't know how, I don't know how many he's made in this last year or so. I don't know if he's putting, he's not putting them at the same frequency as he did when he was 20. No, but but he is he is still making con, uh, comics, and they're actually they're he's obviously someone who's been very young at heart, and he uh, he I think he has a passion just for you know like you said helping kids read and stuff like that. And this last comic I saw him making that I know about um, was kind of in that in that age range. It was probably about you know kids around 12, 13, somewhere somewhere in there. Um, but anyway, it's cool. Uh, he's absolutely an amazing guy, and now you know a little more about him. Yeah, if you're ever at a convention and have a chance to listen to him speak, uh, do anything you can to to sit in on it because uh, he's hilarious as well as being smart and a good writer. Um, I got the opportunity to meet him a couple of years ago when he came to Houston, and uh, it was a, definitely a memorable experience and something that I'll probably cherish for the rest of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he's a fantastic dude. Yeah, so that's all the show we have. And as always, 
You want to hear more from Justin, uh, check out Comical Podcast, uh, at Comical Podcast on Twitter. If you want to hear more from me, check out The War Pod at warlocksentertainment.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Warlocks Brew. Join us next week for more How-To Comic. See you then.